Hey. Hey, man. Sup? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And fucking tastic. It's the sweary boys back up in your earballs. I think this is such a dang neat show. Oh my god. <laughs> it's so good. That I'm so excited for this episode. <laughs> I am too. That our dear friends and our dear listeners is the voice of the one and only Chuck Tingle. Doctor. Doctor. Don't disrespect him like that. I would never. Doctor. Of holistic massage. Dr. Chuck Tingle. That's our guy. From DeVry University. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, the reason that we have that audio from uh, f- from from Mr. Chuck Tingle, Dr. Chuck Tingle, saying uh, that this show is a dang neat show. It is indeed in reference to this here podcast. Yes, we didn't just we didn't just yank mm-hmm. that out of some uh, like out of context statement he made elsewhere. You know why? Because he doesn't make statements elsewhere. Which is why we are so goddamn <laughs> honored. No idea why he gave us a half an hour interview, but. Gosh darn it, he did, and I love him for it. Oh boy! I mean, I I love him for so many reasons before I heard this interview, and now I'm thrilled that uh, that it's it's here, it's real, it's ours. I'm I'm gonna do the thing that you guys have been doing to us relentlessly for the last two weeks. Have you seen this Area 51 thing? Yes. Chuck Tingle put out a book called "Pounded in the Butt by Area 51" while trying to storm it. Of course he did. I just started reading it. It's great as it's, always. Of course, it's great. Uh-huh. I love that. Um, I love that he's like he's ready. Like that came out three yeah. days ago, and he's like, "Brb, gotta go write a book." Yes, it's phenomenal. Son, name of John. Please edit this and put it on Amazon for me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'll collect my check in a month or two. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. It's brilliant. Um, we do today. Uh, we ha- we have an interview, an exclusive interview that we are really, really. Uh, seriously honored to have from again from from chuck tingle um spencer uh spencer was at an event performing at an event that chuck tingle was also performing at convergence convergence yeah can you can you tell the people a little bit about convergence yeah uh, it's a it's an annual uh sci-fi but all things nerdery con in minneapolis sick uh it happened couple weeks ago july 4th through the 8th i think at the hyatt downtown minneapolis and chuck was the uh the guest of honor for the conference brilliant or convention um and so he was hanging out all weekend doing some book signings and being on some panels and giving a uh a lecture i guess or two sure. um and yeah he, he gave us a uh, half an hour to just kind of shoot the shit and end up being mostly about Time travel and the X Files, <laughs> which is phenomenally on brand for us. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like uh, feel like if we lived in the same city, we would be buds. Um, before we get into the actual interview, two things I wanted to make sure everyone was aware of. Number one, number one for all of you, and there have been many over the two years we've been doing the show who have wanted to send us things. You can finally do it. We have a P.O. Box. Ayo! It is P.O. Box 6554, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55406. 
Send things there. <laughs> Send things we, there. We will receive them. I do feel pretty bad. And if bad. they're fun, we will talk about them on the show. <laughs> I do feel bad. I feel like uh, f- for whether it's Instagram or Facebook or email or whatever, hella people have been like, yo, can I have an address? And we've been like, yeah, we really should get that P.O. box. And then we didn't respond to a lot of you. So well, it's, it's not because we don't like you or we were not uh, grateful recipients of whatever you wanted to send. It was mostly because we just didn't have a really good destination to do that to. It's really slow. We're a little slow on the uptake, if you didn't know that about <laughs> us already. Um, but yeah, that exists now. So... Uh, we're sorry slash you're thank welcome you, slash you're welcome <laughs> i don't know um okay that was number one we have a p.o box that's yes. fun and exciting a new way to get a hold of us six five five four minneapolis minnesota zip code five five four zero six you can address it to what if podcast or hey dickheads or <laughs> whatever you'd like <laughs> As long as that other information is on there, we will get it. That's, uh, you know, I've never thought about that before. Does the United States Postal Service deliver things that where like the the address is right, but the name is like super wrong? Oh, yeah. Like I could send you a piece of mail that just is like uh, King Kong butthole face at your address and they would just deliver it. Yes. Okay. I get things addressed to me, last name cats all the time. Well... (laughs) Or that co- one's that one's like slightly correct. I mean, eh, sure, yeah. but yeah, you can you can do whatever you want on that line. Well, that that being said, if you have an understanding postal delivery person, I feel like we're going to regret encouraging people to write whatever they want. I'm right? not. I'm going to read them for everyone's entertainment. This one is addressed to the shittiest sweary boys <laughs> to ever speak into a microphone. Go fuck yourselves. Uh, P.O. Box. We are both the shittiest and the best people to ever do this podcast. <laughs> Number two, we are very close to 300 Patreon subscribers. Hey, think, where's the cat horn, man? That deserves oh, a cat horn. Sorry, bro. <laughs> that's real that's real um when we hit 300 patreon friends we're gonna do a little patreon only live q a thing yeah we're gonna hang out with you guys for an hour or two with the old video stream and answer questions and do whatever y'all want to do for a couple hours and it doesn't mean we're not going to ever do the Facebook Live ones again. We are almost to 400 uh, reviews on iTunes. When we get to 400, we'll do another one of those too. But uh, this one's kind of fun because it's a super small group uh, or it's significantly smaller than like our full listener base and all that stuff. So yeah, like at least 500 listeners to the regular show these days. <laughs> um, so yeah. On a, so on a good week. <laughs> so you guys can... Um, you guys can all uh, head over there and see. I feel like when you say those things, people are like, is that true? Am I one of only 500 people who listen oh, to this show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, That's 500 total downloads. So you, you, you're probably like one <laughs> of like 30, honestly. It's like, damn, it's, that, it's basically like our parents and our, <laughs> and I'm, our, our friends and then like two, two other people. I'm feeling it's like bare. <laughs> I know that you're lying, but I feel so existentially awkward about that possibility. If it was just you and I as like two teachers in a classroom with just, 30 it's, people. It's just like our, our extended family and bear. Oh. Guys, <laughs> it's, it's not. <laughs> Don't let Spencer lie to you like that. Hell yeah! 
Anyway, uh, if you if you do want to uh, become a Patreon supporter, uh, we do a paid episode that comes out every Friday. It's only five bucks a month. You get an additional episode every week. I just did a new count. We have over a hundred uh, episodes or content pieces or posts uh, in the in the Patreon community. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's patreon.com slash whatifpodcast. I think we were underestimating our total number of episodes in there by kind of a lot at this point. Yeah, well, you know, we usually get stuff wrong. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, so if you want another 100 episodes of the show that you've never heard before and you want to come do the private Q&A uh, with that group and hang out, uh, just head over there and it's only five bucks a month and it should be a pretty friggin' good time. We also, we're a little bit more footloose and fancy free on that episode, which, you know, Compared to these ones, compared that are, to these ones that are so professional and uh, <laughs> so well prepared, prepared. Yeah. Speaking of, should hey, we get into this here interview? We do have a thing. Uh, we do have a thing prepared, as as aforementioned. Uh, yeah, let's let's get into it. Um, the quick, audio picks up. Go ahead. Quick context. So this is at the uh, basically the green room of this of this con. So we're in a, like a like a nice big hotel suite. Yep. Hanging out on some couches. Uh, Chuck is wearing his jujitsu uniform. Hell that yeah. That says Chuck on, on the lapel. He's wearing a bag over his head that says prove love is real. Sick. Um, so I never saw Chuck's face. Yep. Um, I don't know anything about his true identity. For those of you that are probably wondering. So, yeah. So don't blow us up on Twitter and Facebook being like, if you got in touch with him... He was one of the sweetest people I've ever had a conversation with. Um, thanked us profusely for doing this interview with him. His whole team was super kind and totally. accommodating. Um, but yeah, we just got to sit down with him for, for half an hour and hang out. And you get to hear that right now. How's it been going so far? You're on day, what, three of, of Convergence? I I am not sure. I think I think this is the third day. Yes, but and yeah. sometimes I have trouble moving from timeline to timeline, and I forget which one I am on. Sure, but I sure. think it is day three. Okay, and it's been going well so far. So far, so dang good. I think that everyone here in Minnesota, the soda state, is has <laughs> is, is treated me very well and treated me with a lot of friendship and love so far. Good. I'm yes. glad to hear that. This is my home state, so that's always nice to hear. Wow, yes. Yeah, yeah, great, great. I guess just to jump right in, yes. um, and you mentioned timelines, uh, I'm very curious about your book, um, Your Guide to the Void. Yes. And in that you speak about the different timelines and how they're uh, how they relate to one another and how they relate to the void. Yes. Um, for maybe our listeners that aren't familiar, could you quickly explain what the void is and how it relates to where we are now? Yes. Well, well, the Tingoverse is made up of several timelines, and each timeline is based on well, well, well choice that 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 you have made. So, best way to explain it is to think. If you come along to a button and there is a red button and a blue button, mm -hmm. and you think to yourself, oh, I'm going to pick which button, there's a different timeline for each button that, that you pick, one for the red and one for the blue. But also, yeah, I think more that the, the time you take to press that button makes even more timelines. And then maybe how hard you press it and all different variables in this way to, to create an infinite amount of timelines in basically every single tiny action. Now, this has been going on since the, the beginning of time on this timeline, since the Big Bangs. 
And since then, every there are different versions of every single thing to create an almost infinite amount of realities. And we 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 know just one of them. As a timeline traveler, I have been to several, but 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 the point is, is if you imagine that, you can imagine them stacked on top of each other, like a big pancake stack. So if you imagine that they go down the stack and there's an infinite amount of space in between these, uh, from the top and the bottom of this tube of timelines, then you got to think, well, what's on the outside of this timeline stack? Mm-hmm. Now, the answer to that is the void. And the, 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 because the timelines make up everything that 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 can be, and then then the void is everything that cannot be. Okay, and so do we? Well, a couple questions. Yes. Are are we constantly moving between the timelines then, uh, with every decision and every action that we we take? Well, only some can travel between timelines. It takes a lot of practice, but I, well, I would not say that we are moving between them. I would say that, that we are creating them with every action that we take. Mm. So if I move this bottle of water, and for all listeners, please understand, I am moving I have a <laughs> water because I know you cannot see me. But if I take this and I think I can put this on the book or I can put this on the dining table, I will choose table. And that has changed the, uh, the, the, not only my timeline, but it's changed the timeline of every single listener because I just said table. And now maybe when mm. later on that, that's going to change something very slight about their timeline. And you just think we are always creating these ripples of timelines, but we're not necessarily traveling through them. They're kind of coming off of us as rippling waves. Okay. So then some of these timelines would be so similar to almost be indistinguishable from the one that we are currently in. Yes, though and then th- some would be unimaginably different. Yes, if you think about if, if you think about your location on the stack of pancakes mm-hmm. that make up the different timelines, the close ones are very similar. So the, the, when you sure. if you are a skilled traveler of timelines like I am, then then you can go to a nearby timeline. That's pretty dang easy. And you might look down and think, wow, on this timeline the the, the label on this bottle is blue, and and then on a nearby one everything's exactly the same, but it's orange, and that's the only dang difference and there's an infinite amount of similar timelines like that but then you might go to one and then you think well on this one there is no air or on this mm. one there are no planets and instead there's just one giant planet or maybe just all the laws of physics are completely upside down so that that is still not the void it might seem like a scary different place but the void is a place that you would go that cannot exist on any timeline because it has never it has never uh, appeared in that way it is outside of all that can be and so in the void Yes. Outside of the of our Tingleverse, you said, right? Yes. In the, in the void, are there? It's not empty, though. There are beings that inhabit the void. Yes, it is hard to wrap wrap our brains around because we are so used to having things. The, the good example would be that when the void appears on this timeline or leaks in, it is normally black, bubbling ooze or tar. And there are certain certain ways of like tentacles and void crabs that appear, but that is when they exist on our timeline because because that's mm. the only way that we can understand or see them. But in reality, if you think, well, what color is the void? You think, well, it's black. I've seen void ooze. But in reality, the void is just an empty place, so the void has no color. Uh, So I would say that 
when, when we interpret the void, if you were to travel to the void, it's important to understand that, 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 that yes, there are some creatures in this big, vast, empty space that are very frightening that we can't understand. And you think, think well, why are they there? And it's mostly because we are there to interpret them. I, I think mm. that if there were no timelines, the void would be a blank and empty place. But because there are timelines, then they have to be seen. Our brains must interpret them a certain way, which is why void creatures exist. Okay. So on our on our show, we talk a lot about uh, paranormal things and sometimes what might be considered uh, paranormal beings or entities yes. or um, like the cryptozoological beings. Yes. Um, Handsome Bigfoot. Bigfoot, perhaps. So, well, Bigfoot is is of this timeline, though. Yes, right. Big, and Bigfoot of, of the Tingleverse. Big feet in general are very kind. Okay, um, but maybe others like aliens from that people generally think are from other planets or ghosts, things of that nature. Yes. Um, well, is I is bu- it possible that those are from other? Timelines. I believe that those are not definitely not of the void, but okay. I, I believe that they are from other timelines. I will say that 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 maybe an alien might show up, and you might think, "Dang, that that's a big spaceship up there must must have traveled all the way from another solar system." But mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time that that's not actually a spaceship; that's just a dang time machine going from timeline oh. to timeline. So okay. that that would be my belief on that. When you move. Between timelines, yes, and and that's generally between timelines that are relatively close to each other. Yeah, uh, well, uh, that, that is the mo. Well, yeah, I will explain it in this way. That that is a safe journey because timelines that are close, when you move from one to the other, you got you can have pretty good aim. Mm-hmm. The, but if you're going to a distant timeline that is very different, if you think about a stack of pancakes, the, the, the void is outside of it, but it also it is in between in very small sections. There, there's a little bit of air that gets in there. And so the void actually can be in between timelines. And if you make a jump okay. from a very small timeline to a very big timeline, the, in, a, in, a, in a far distance, then, then it's more likely you might end up in a void pocket that it is existing between the stack. Okay. So I would say that the, the, most of the time, my son John, uh, he does not like me to travel very far through timelines because that can get dangerous. That makes sense. You don't want to end up in the void. Right. Well, and some of those timelines could be drastically different from ours. Yeah. And you, perhaps you, yes. the, the one that an alien is coming from might just be a very different timeline than ours yes yeah, so there might be no dang air mm-hmm. and you show up there and think well i guess i gotta go back pretty dang quick <laughs> so when you travel is there any sort of um well, you said a time machine or any sort of uh like equipment that is required or is this more of like a meditation based thing or how are how are you actually what are the logistics i of would that? say that it is mostly meditation based and that, that is the best that is the best way to travel but but, but, the, but the the techniques they're they're pretty hard for for us to understand because these are big ideas. Mm-hmm. They they can be they can be adapted for into machines. And on some timelines, there is a machine called the big red button, mm-hmm. and then that that is generally a sign that on this timeline someone has created a button to move through them. That that, that may may or may not exist on this timeline, but on other ones, there is a the, the big red button. But but mostly for me, it is a is a meditative process that that can be helped when I drink a dang lot of 
chocolate milk. And mm-hmm. if I drink probably 10 glasses and start to feel woozy, Sunshine says, Chucky drank too much milk. And then I start to fade in and out of time. So, sometimes if you have drank too much, then you might switch timelines without even knowing it. And I think that's like, that's a much more common phenomenon than I think most buckaroos would want, would want, on, would want to admit. Accidentally changing timelines or yeah, unintentionally? Yes, to a very similar one. You, you have heard of this phenomenon with the Berenstein Bears or when other the ways. The Mandela where, effect. Yeah, so yeah. so that is a that is when you accidentally slip between timelines, probably from late night drinking too much chocolate milk or some other substance that makes you feel like a woozy man, and then you wake up one day and you look down and you think, I dang, I could have sworn that, that, that this water bottle was was blue and now it's pink, and you think, mm-hmm. well, I, I guess I'm in a new timeline, but most people just brush it off and just think, oh, I guess I was wrong about that one. Right, right. Um. You've suggested that um, ghosts might also be people or beings from different timelines. Is that correct? Yes. Well, I think that part of this is because when 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 when, you, when someone leaves this timeline, they hear the call of the lonesome train, and the lonesome train takes them away. We don't know where it takes them, and that is the end of their time on this timeline, and that is a sad, sad day. So, so I think that on those days when someone leaves our timeline, you start to think, wow, well, I wonder if they're on another similar timeline, and then the answer is yes. A lot of the time, it's, you don't have to go too far through the timelines to find someone that you have lost on this one, and I think sometimes the, 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 the other timelines realize this, and they start to break into ours in a very slight way, and then and that can vary from, well, you, you see them just kind of moving in and out of the shadows and you kind of know they're there on their own timeline to sometimes full on saying, well, I'm, I'm from a nearby, so I'm just going to pop my head in and wave hello as a ghost man. Hmm. That makes, I mean, that makes as much sense as any other explanation I've ever heard for ghosts. Yeah, yes, I agree. <laughs> um, do you think that um, aliens in the sense of being from another planet, have ever been to our planet? Well, yes, I I, I think that, well, maybe maybe I am not sure on this because I think that that, that there are certainly timelines where that has happened. And Mm. the the, the thing about infinite timelines is that when you think about it, most things have happened. We're talking about infinite timelines, and that's just... Well, if it's infinite, then... Everything exactly. has happened, right? Well, that, that is where the void comes into play because I think that infinite is an easy word to do and is, is better than having to say almost infinite every time. Sure. But but uh, the, I would describe it as, as the space between a one and two. There are infinite numbers between one and mm. two if you, if you use decimals, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they do not end. So it is kind of hard to wrap mm. your mind around, but there, there are infinite timelines but there is still a beginning and an end, which can be kind kind of a, a frightening way, and then that's where the void comes into play. But but yes, yeah, so basically uh, all things that have happened have happened, which means that there are timelines with time machines, and there are timelines with uh, aliens on uh, another planet coming to say hello. So whether or not this timeline is one of them is an important question. But at the same time, you think, well, we we can think about that all we want, but we we know that there, there are other timelines where this is possible and who what's to stop them from entering our timeline and that, that, that's how you get reverse twins the 
I'm trying to just wrap my head around because if there are, like you said, infinite, um, I guess infinite possibilities, yes. but within the constraints of our timeline. Yes. So there may be certain limits on what is and isn't possible. Oh, in, in our timeline. Yeah. Well, right. it, it is not all infinite in our timeline. But if, if, if people or beings are capable of moving between timelines, yes. then are there still limits? Oh yes. I see what you're saying. Yes. I would say that the, 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 the biggest limit of that is the, is the fact that each one must exist. So if you say, uh, well, here's a good example. If you think, well, there are infinite timelines with infinite time machines. So why, why is our timeline not full of, full of time travelers? Mm-hmm. Now the, 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 that is a good question, but, but, but you have to keep in mind that when you have these infinite timelines, there is one that is full of travelers and we, we just happen to be on it one that not is not. Yeah. And, and to create this infinite stack, the each, each layer is going to be made up of a variation. So, because for whatever reason, it's, it's, this one is more empty than some others. Well, and if it's truly infinite, there would have to be some where there are no time travelers as well, right? Exactly, yes. Yeah, so we might just be in one of those. We could, we could, but, um, but I will say that, the, that as a traveler, I've seen many things, and I, that is how we get reverse twins here. Those, those are travelers from other timelines. So, right, because there would be an almost infinite number of each of us in those other timelines. Yes, that, that would be your reverse twin. And I think that, that this is a phenomenon that is because, well, it is kind of just the na- nature of a human being. You think, well, if I have a traveler in another timeline and then, then this traveler is coming to my timeline, what's the first thing that I would do? And you think, well, I would probably try to avoid myself, but also curiosity is a powerful thing. And mm-hmm. the, the amount of times that a traveler wants to check in on themselves from this timeline is very common. And that is what creates the reverse twin phenomenon because that is just a traveler from a nearby timeline who's coming to check in on you. And sometimes they can have a, a bad thought and think, uh, well, on my timeline, it's there are no hands allowed and I've lost my hands. So I'm going to come to your timeline and try mm-hmm. to steal your hands. And then on the, but, they also might just think, well, I do not, I don't exist in this timeline. So I'll come to you as a ghost and just say, Hey, I've been thinking about you and I really appreciate your way. Mm-hmm. So they can be all kinds of motivations. Yeah. Because just because someone is us and might physically appear like us, that yes. could be an extremely different being based on what timeline they're from. Yeah, right. yes, absolutely. They, they they might look just dang like you and but also have a have have the 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 thoughts of a scoundrel. And right. you, you don't know and that, that that is also a kind of a hard thing for all of us to think about that, that you know, we, we on this timeline we may have love in our hearts but you think there are infinite timelines. That means there is a de- definitely a scoundrel version of you out there. And then that, that can be kind of disheartening to think I could never be that way and it, to say, guess what, buddy? They, they, you got a reverse twin. That might be kind of scary. Is it possible to, uh, if you can travel between these, or if some people are capable of traveling between these timelines, yes. is it possible to uh, spread love throughout these timelines to uh, either slowly or maybe rapidly improve Yes, the I think that as is a whole. I think that is the goal of all buckaroos, and that, that's part of the buckaroo lifestyle is to just 
if you can travel between timelines, then of course that that is the goal. Mm-hmm. And then 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 if you're stuck on this one, like most people, almost all buckaroos, I cannot travel through timelines. So then you think, well, you got this timeline. I gotta spend some some effort into making it the best place you possibly can, and I think that's what proving love is real is all about. Is just to think, well. I got my day and I got my trot and I had the way that I trot can make a very small difference and all those timeline webs that are going to come out from my actions I would like them to be positive ones and even though we can't keep track of the way that they go I believe that we can put in an effort to to make them have a positive way and to spread out in a way that I think that, that will battle against the forces of the void or the forces of evil That's actually one thing that I really appreciate about your work is how uh, positive it is and how much you you make it clear that you're trying to spread love through your work. Yeah, thank you. And now also how many people that work has reached and that message is being delivered to so many people. Um, It's when you think about the the timelines or the the ripple effect coming off of something like that, that reach can get really, really big, really quickly. It is very big. And here, here at Convergence, I have... I have encountered that in a very, a very real way. And then I think, wow, a long time ago, I just wrote these dang books. And maybe someone will read it and maybe someone won't. Well, well what in the heck ever? I'm just going to prove love is real in my own way. And I did that through an artistic way, saying, hey, here's my thoughts. Here's how I want to prove love to the world. And now I get here and their whole dang lines up all line people lining up to come into my my room and hear me talk and um god god turn some buckaroos away because there's just not enough dang seats here and i turn on and turn turn it into a whole dang thing and i think that that is, that is such a good way to see wow when you when you do something to prove love then then you will get that love in return yeah that's beautiful um i had a question a very Specific question is uh, I recently read your book Butt Files. Oh yes, case of Bigfoot's wiener. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And it was clear to me as an X Files fan that you might also be an X Files fan. Is yes, that, is that I, true? I, I have watched that entire dang series with son name of John. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a, a a favorite episode or or episodes? I have some controversial favorite episodes because I'd love to hear it because sometimes they are from episodes. I, I would say as a big time fan of this show mm-hmm. uh, and of handsome Fox Muller, <laughs> I will say that I know which ones people like and which ones they do not. Mm-hmm. And some of my favorites are ones that they do not like. Okay. I will say that one of my favorite episodes is from season seven episode name of hungry. And that's about a man who works in a fast food restaurant. Mm. And then, then it is done from his perspective instead of perspective of the FBI. Right. Uh, do you know this episode? I do. I think I think people just don't like the ones that don't feature Mulder and Scully as strongly. I think that you are right. Mm-hmm. And I think I think also that, 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 that from that season that there are a lot that, that people do not like because mm-hmm. they, they it had changed to the sunny side of the street. Yeah. 
I, uh, it was wait was seven the season when they brought in the new agents or was that no that, that, that I believe that, 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 that was eight and okay, and eight and nine, eight and nine. Yeah. And I think six is when they went down to the sunny side of the street mm-hmm. and then seven was full full on we're gonna have episodes in the sunlight this time buddy yeah and then <laughs> even even the ones where where it is ju- just scoldy and they the angry Terminator now, I oh, think yeah, so, I think even and some of those, I, I, and one of my other favorites is episode name of Road Runners, and that is when. Which one is that? That that is when, that is when Agent Scully is on 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 a bus, and it turns out to be a cult in the desert, and they have oh, a worm yeah. that they must put in her back. Yeah. And then that is with Agent Agent Dogman, <laughs> and I, and then so many people would say I'm not even gonna watch that dang episode, but I think hey, give it the dang chance. And then, then I will say, well, other episode as far as classics from mm-hmm. the, from from the era that 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 everyone likes, mm-hmm. I would say probably like episode name of Home, yeah, and but I also like episode name of Our Town, which is a about a uh, if Colonel's Sander that uh, was also a cannibal. Oh, yep. Yep. Yes, I, that, that that is for probably first episode that I ever saw in it. I don't know if it is the best, but it has stuck with me in a way I can still imagine it in my mind. Home is one that always actually freaked me out. Yes, I enjoyed that, and mm-hmm. I, I think there's some some complain and say, "Well, that's not a that's not about a supernatural force." Yeah, uh, but 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 I think that it is because I would say that if you're saying, "Wow, the, the, these guys are super dang strong," and the 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 the, 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 the that is part partially supernatural, so I can understand it. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit darker, maybe, than some of the other episodes too. Yes, I think. But, it, but as, yeah, I think that I enjoy that. Yeah. Um, okay. And we only have a few minutes left. It sounds like, so I have a couple questions. Yes. That was fun to talk on the, on that show. That yeah, was great. a good, good show. Um, I have a couple questions from our listeners, yes. if you wouldn't mind just sort of quickly. Yes. Um, the first one is, could you rank the following jets in terms of attractiveness? Wow. On this timeline? Yes. Yes. I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. Um, we have a Boeing 787. Yes. An Airbus A380, a Concorde, and a Bombardier Q400. Dang. Well, I don't, 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 I don't want to make all... I don't want to make the other Jets jealous who listen to this. That's, a, so that's I, a good point. So I am tempted to say that instead of doing a ranking, mm-hmm. I will say that my best and say the others are tied for for second. Okay. I don't want them that's, to yeah, fight. That's, that's fair. But I will say that the Concorde is dang handsome. That's a dang big old jet. I would have to agree. I mean, then when you think about it, and also the, because of when, when it was around, is very, um, I would say very kind, kind of has a... John's ham, uh, mm-hmm. kind of, kind of mm-hmm. retro vibe, right? That I think is a very handsome kind of swagger of a way, but it's very sleek very at the same sleek, time. Mm-hmm. Yes, retro, but sleek. retro and sleek. Mm-hmm. Yep. A um, couple more from our listeners. Who is a more gentle lover, red nosed butt raptor, or the Triceratops rappers? Oh wow, that's a good question. 
And I think that 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 because of the the I think that the the, the red nosed bud raptor, mm-hmm. but mostly because the that that is a Christmas tale, and I think that around that time everyone's kind of looking to get cozy. That makes a lot of and sense. Kind kind of cuddle up in the in the from the storm, and in that story they they're avoiding a storm, and I think that 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 is a really good dang feeling in front of the fireplace. So I would say that that's more much more of a gentle a, more, a gentle love. That makes sense. More wholesome yes um <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure about this one but do you prepare your own taxes or do you have a tax bud well i think that i'm i'm not a very good math man okay so neither. so son john helps me with that but, but son john does, does his own okay so he does mine as well and i think he also works with sam rand okay. sam rand is sam rand is a, a buckaroo who i work with very much and he but he publishes my books online and i have to help protect my privacy as a doctor so i will write them and then we send them over to sam rand and he he will do the actual post so even even buckaroo's working at amazon will will never know my way right so that has to go through him anyway when you get paid so if someone was to say hack into the mainframe they they would they would find out about sam rand because he he is a computer man Mm -hmm. and he and then but 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 then there would just be things that i have sent to sam rand i even use this on the on the ways of faces facebook's well, sure. if I have a post to make, I will send it over to Sam Rand, and then he puts it in a timed timed post, or also sometimes he will just do it himself. But, it. but that is to keep me safe. That makes sense. Yes. All right, last one. Um, one of our listeners would like to know how they could get an apartment in the void. Wow, I, I think that you would not want to do that. <laughs> I think <laughs> that theoretically think you would probably have to talk to a devil. And make okay. a deal that that you would very much regret in the future. So I will say pro- probably best idea to not 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 get an apartment in the void. But, but, but what I would suggest is to if you can travel from timeline to timeline, find a scary timeline with, with maybe with a haunted house or a Dracula that is handsome, and then um, and then uh, you can go there and have an apartment there because because scary things might seem like they're from the void, but mo- most of the time they are kind and they're they're just trying to be spooky and ha- maybe have a rain cloud overhead and. I think that's fine. That is not of the void because that exists. So I would say you look for apartment in a spooky place that exists. <laughs> that's great advice. Yes. All right. Thank you so much, Chuck. Thank um, you very much. That was a, such a fun time, and th- and 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 I think this is such a dang neat show. Thank you. Uh, yes. Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to to let our listeners know about or say to our listeners before we? Before yes, we go? I, I would say that as you trot along in your path, always remember that the the, the, the second that you understand that that there are many timelines and every choice you make it makes a different one, you're going to start to realize how how unlikely it is that you even dang got here in the first place. And I think if you realize that, you start to think, wow, that makes me pretty dang special. And that's about an infinite to infinite to one odds that I would even dang be here. And here I am. I beat these dang odds. And if you're ever feeling down on your way, feeling like you have sadness in your trot, just remember that, 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 that you have already, you've already beaten the dang odds. And that is kind of a dang superpower. And that means you are so special and important. And I think that even if you don't feel that special importance someday, that, 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 that's okay. But you got to realize that 
it. Everyone else around you, they, they realize it and they know that you are special and, and just look inward and think, dang, that's just science. That's just the, that's just the way of the many infinite universes. I, I was very unlikely shot and I'm here. Probably most unlikely shot in the dang, dang universe. And here I am. So I'm powerful in that way. Hell yeah. Thank you, Chuck. Yes, thank appreciate you. appreciate uh, that you uh, took the time to hang out with us today. Thank you, yes. Love is real, Spencer. Hell yeah. Love is real. And that sweet man proved it. I want to play the last minute and a half of that interview just at the end of every episode from now on. I every think- episode is going to be a minute and a half longer just so you guys can hear Chuck Tingle hype you up every week. I Like... I need that to be my alarm clock, just to have a really sweet man just be like, motherfucker, you made it. <laughs> You're here, okay? Uh-huh. Like, that's enough for this day. You are physically present. Congratulations. Cherish that. Like, come on, man. Who doesn't need that reminder every morning? Dang, that's just science. It is just science. Your thoughts? I I mean, I have so many, man. It's... Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I, I wasn't physically able to be present for the interview. Um, Spencer was performing at Convergence and I was not able to be present. So I have, I have a couple of questions about, was it just you and him in the room for that entire interview? His man. So he was traveling with two people, his manager, Gino, and one other person whose name I can't remember. They were both there, but like on the far side of this big ass hotel suite room. so it was it was very private. Yeah. I mean, I know there was no audio in the background, so I figured you were all pretty private, but I didn't know, like, were people coming and going out of this room? No, we, they closed the door and put up a, a adorable handmade sign that said podcast recording in progress, and no one came in, and the, uh, the other two people just kind of hung out, and yeah, it was just me and him sitting on, like, a couch <laughs> talking to each other for that, half an hour. That's so phenomenal. Um, I know you edited that interview a little bit, but is most of very little just the just trim the beginning and end a little bit. Okay, cool. So, so the basically the entirety of your conversation is included. Yeah, there, and there was like thirty seconds where I hit record before we actually started talking, and then yep. another thirty before I hit stop at the end. But otherwise, it's all in there. Um, just quickly, aside from the actual content of the interview, which we'll get back to, did he? Um, were you able to take in any of his? Uh, performances, lectures, any anything outside of the interview while um, you were at Convergence? No, unfortunately, and I, I wish that they would change this in the future, um, they were not super accommodating about me being there and trying to participate in the rest of the con. Um, As a performer, you weren't allowed to participate in the con? Correct. Oh. Which I've not encountered before. Um, we were given a... So it's a four-day event right we were given a four hour pass which basically gave us enough time to show up load in sound check play load out Mm. get the fuck out that sounds difficult to enforce i i tried to move to other areas (laughs) to linger (laughs) yeah and i was uh pretty enthusiastically told i could not bummer yeah that's a bummer and they were not at all down to facilitate this interview either so I I, was like part of the, so like I did the interview on Saturday and I performed on Sunday. So I was like, Hey, can I, I have an interview scheduled. I had set up through Chuck and his management. Right. Um, but was just trying to like 
get access for a couple hours and they basically said no. So I just texted Chuck and said, Hey, what room are you in? And just walked into the hotel instead. Oh, sure. Sure. <laughs> um, so no, I didn't get to see any of his other, uh, appearances throughout the weekend. Got it. I was just wondering if, um, you know, if generally the, the content of his, you know, performances or whatever you want to call it, talks or Q and a over the weekend was similar content or if it was sort of all over the map or, um, which obviously I know you, you can't, yeah, I, I guess I, answer, I would but. guess that, um, it was pretty similar. I, I mean, I didn't get the sense from him at all that this is, um, a bit, I guess, or like which a, part a character or it seems like, yeah, he, he knows some of what he's doing is funny and goofy and like out there. Yeah. And he's he's in on it, and he's a funny, goofy dude. Yeah. But I also think, like, if I had to guess, I think that's probably his real voice or close to it. Yep. I think that's his real speech pattern or close to it. Yep. Um, I didn't get the sense at all that that was, was like a put, put on. on. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things for me that was most, um, I don't know, interesting or like revealing about that interview is you know i've always thought that you know his i mean not thought i mean obviously like his book titles are funny like they're intended to be comical and like yeah. interesting in nature like that's the point they also are extremely attention grabbing yeah and work very well as titles because right. who wouldn't want to read any one of those books because right. they're so absurd and hilarious and the art is Absurd and hilarious Which intentionally does, to match. Okay, phenomenal. I wondered <laughs> I wondered if it was something that was like in-house. No, but very. He does it himself. And it's part of the, I mean, that's part of the bit, right? Is is that like yeah, the an, cover art is perfect. Is Yeah, it's perfect. And I think, you know, I've just been brought so much joy by, you know, like his Twitter presence and just generally the topics of his books and just like, it's just always been such a... Um, like a lighthearted, fantastic contribution to the world. It's very wholesome, but also very graphic. Yeah. Yeah. At <laughs> the same time. Totally. Yeah. Like there's most of his books are like a quick setup of whatever universe and uh, situation you're yep. in, whether yep. it's a, a dinosaur tingler or a Bigfoot tingler or a sentient object tingler. Love that he calls his books tinglers. And you get a couple a couple pages of setup. You get usually an extremely graphic sex scene, awesome. and then you get some sort of incredibly wholesome resolution. Phenomenal. Um, one of the more recent ones that I've read and that we talked about in the interview was uh, I forget the full title, but the the Butt Files his his X Files parody. Yep. Yep. Um, the, it's like the case of Bigfoot's wiener or something like that. So cool. it's it's a Bigfoot tingler featuring. Scalder and Mully. Yep. Who are both dudes in this one. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> they go to check out Bigfoot's uh, TV because his TV isn't working. Got it. And they get there to Bigfoot's house. Bigfoots are just like friendly, handsome creatures in, in the Tingleverse. He did call it a handsome, a yeah. handsome Bigfoot. Yeah, they all are. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and they get to Bigfoot's house because his TV isn't working. And uh, for some reason, they think that his his TV not working is an X-File. I didn't really 
quite get that part. Sure, but sure. They show up and it's not plugged in, and mm. and Scully is like, well, or whatever the fuck he calls him, Scully and Mulder. No, well, yeah, but he switches the names. Wait. Oh wait, you just said it correctly. I thought I said it wrong. Scalder, well, whatever. One of them <laughs> picks up the plug because the TV's not plugged in, uh-huh. and he's like, "Hey, man, uh, it's not plugged in. That's probably not why it's working." And then Bigfoot tells him, "Well, that's it's not like a normal plug into the wall plug. It's it's a butt plug. You got to put it in your ass. Got it. And it's an ass powered TV. Sure." <laughs> As they are, you know, that's how Best Buy reinvented themselves. And it works through ass power, but also through uh, sexual arousal. Oh. So in order to watch TV, Bigfoot has to put the, the butt plug in and then jerk off in, sure. and that powers sure. the TV. Wow. But it's, but it's not working. It's not generating enough power. Got it. So he has to, <laughs> Mulder has to fuck him. Got it. And Scully has to watch. And that'll be enough sexual energy for him to get his TV working. Right. Again. And it does. But then... The TV, they all finish, and the TV, the TV becomes sentient. It like the, like little legs come out of it, and it becomes this little spaceship, and Uh-oh. it's a sentient spaceship. Uh oh, who uh, says it's been sent here many years ago to prove that love is real on Earth, and they just proved it, and so he can finally go home. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. He was like the other aliens were saying this is just like a terrible. Uh, planet filled with war and stuff but like i believe in you guys you guys really love each other you figured it out you're my here to mission help each is complete other. thank you i can finally go home so wholesome but now bigfoot still doesn't have a tv so it's it's a little unresolved but eh, i mean but yes. yeah it was the most wholesome gay bigfoot erotica i've ever read <laughs> and <laughs> and i would and i would venture to bet the only hey don't assume things the, i guess the we got we got slightly derailed there because <clears throat> the point I don't that remember I, what your question was. No, but no, I it, felt like that needed to be part of this conversation. It absolutely did, and that's I was just going to bring it back to. I, I didn't have a question as much as what I was trying to get to. I think was just to say that I, I think one of the things that was most interesting to me is you know I was talking about how like lighthearted and funny and goofy mm-hmm. like the content and the topics and the titles of all that stuff are. I would. I would presume, and I think did presume or assume that the person behind that would be a equally sort of like crass, goofy, funny. Um, I mean, he's definitely goofy and funny. Yeah, but I'm like, I think I envisioned someone more lowbrow, if you will. Yeah. And when you listen to that interview with him, you realize that he's incredibly smart. Yeah. And has like a very, uh, a very well thought out, well assembled idea of how the universe works. And his, his thing about infinity, but with limits, phenomenal, blew my mind. I'd never considered that before. Phenomenal. And he explained it in a way that totally made sense to me in about five seconds. I like there are, there are infinite numbers between one and two, but eventually but it's get all, to two, but there are also limits, right? Like it's none perfect. of them are more than two or less than one, but yep. it's also infinite. Yep. And like his whole like pan- pancake stack of universes or I guess pancake stack of timelines and, and the whole idea of like the red button, blue button thing. Like he did everything, I, everything he did. I was like, he's explaining these really highbrow, like extremely complex topics with a level of simplicity that I've, we haven't come across in years of doing this. Yeah. If it freaked me out when I was going back to edit that interview 
when he was talking about the uh, the Mandela effect stuff and like the multiple timelines and splitting of timelines, mm-hmm. and he mentions the water bottle. Yeah, it's like instead of a blue label, it would have an orange label on it. Yep, right. But then when I was listening back, I heard him say instead of having a blue label, it would have a pink label on it, and it freaked me out because I remembered him saying orange. Right, and then when I was editing it. He said pink, and he was talking about the Mandela effect. Yeah. And then later, I just realized that he said both in the interview. Yeah. <laughs> he gave both examples at different points. Yes, yes. But for a moment, I was like, holy shit, it's all real. You're like, you're like Chuck literally said that to me <laughs> to fuck up my timeline just for this purpose. He really can travel between timelines. He's hopping, man. He's having enough <laughs> chocolate milk to take him into his next timeline. Or any other substances that will make a make buckaroo, feel woozy. Make a buckaroo feel woozy. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Phenomenal. Dude, his his just general vocabulary made me smile throughout the entire thing, the way that he just refers to people as like pals and buckaroos and you got, um, you got some sadness in your trot. Oh, sadness in your trot, man. <laughs> I was like, I felt that, man. I love when he talks about your trot just as like your general demeanor. demeanor like uh-huh. how you proceed through life. Uh-huh. He called um he called, um, man, this one, like almost, he called dying, uh, answering the lonesome train call. Oh yeah. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So there's a, that one fucking hit me. That's a specific reference to that book we were talking about, his guide to the void, which is a, a great read actually. And very different from his other books. Um, but and that's where he breaks down all this this concept of yeah, yeah. the tingle verse and the the stacks of of realities and right. the void being outside of that. And the only way to get to the void is to get on the the lonely train or whatever he called the lonesome train. Yeah. Um and so basically he's saying like yeah that's where you you can die and that's how you get there. Yeah, yeah. Um but anyway, yeah, he uses that as a as a metaphor for death and like Sometimes specifically suicide, mm. um, but other times just like death in general. I think. Yeah, yeah. The it was just such a, I guess his lightness and his sort of like playful nature is totally exhibited in his vocabulary and the words that he chooses to use, and mm-hmm. everything is so dang this or so dang that or. I think this is such a dang neat show. Yeah, totally. There's so many other things I need to to cut out of that interview. For sure, we we could have an entire page on the uh, on the board yes. of just Chuck Sounders. Absolutely. Um, did you? So I I know that we had we had some listener questions in there. Did you have stuff that you wanted to ask that we didn't get to ask? Um. Yeah, but like not. I tried to prep. A pretty specific angle just because there's there are so many things that you could ask him about right and i knew i was going to have a limited amount of time and i wanted to kind of have a somewhat cohesive you know rather than just a like real surface level on a bunch of different stuff sure type of interview just try and like spend the majority of the time on one thing that i hadn't seen him talk about elsewhere sure um because a lot he doesn't do a lot of interviews. Almost all of them are over email, and most of them are answering questions like 
you know, what made you want to do this? And yeah, yeah. What's up with your titles? And right. just like real surface level stuff that he For then sure. tries to answer in like a, you know, really over the top silly way. Right. And I, you just don't get a whole lot out of him. Right. Other than like, yeah, this is a guy who writes silly books and right. there's a bunch of them and they have funny titles and cool pictures. Right. Um. So yeah, I guess I also didn't want to, I have questions about him as a person. Yeah. Um, and about like where the line is on how much of this is a bit and how much is, is him. Yeah. And like, um, just a lot of questions that like aren't for him. Yeah. Or I'm not sure, like I would feel comfortable or, asking or he would feel comfortable answering like why do you wear a bag over your head right uh <laughs> right right like do you really think about fucking inanimate objects um like questions like that but those are like less the point kind of you know yes and no yeah i i wanted to i i guess i chose to take more of the route of like I'm going to sit in this universe with you for 30 minutes and like, just tell me about it. Yep. Like, I just want to experience what you're experiencing. Right. For whatever amount of time we have. Right. Rather than like questioning it or trying to poke holes in things or totally like, who are you really? And all that stuff. Like when he says, um, you know, I need to protect my identity as a doctor instead of saying, that doesn't make any fucking sense. I've seen every doctor's face I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. Be like, oh yeah, sure. Right. What whatever that whatever that gets us to, we'll go there instead of stopping at the like absurd thing you just said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and I get I get too that I mean and again, this isn't to like pry or to speculate, but like I would imagine like the bag and the sunglasses and I mean he even he even creates mystique around his own identity by writing books about like isn't there one book that's like crushed by the existential wondering about the true identity of chuck tingle or something like that and all of his bio photos are stock photos of some dude and he has he was saying that's fantastic in the interview he never deals directly with amazon or any of his social media stuff he always just like (laughs) writes stuff down and then gives it to some guy named sam who does it right or he gives a PDF of his, or he writes his book, his son edits him, ed- edits them, and then his son hands him off to yet another person. Right. It reminded me of um, an article I read once about Banksy, where it was just basically like, in order to protect his own an- anonymity and his safety and all those things, Banksy just has a parade of people around him who are the one ring in between everything that he does. Yeah. So he never has to interact with anybody individually. Which is why, for what it's worth, is why I think it's so fucking cool that he actually sat down and talked to us. Yeah, probably. Because it, it, it seems like... <laughs> like, do we know for sure? Is that, it, is, which that, part? is that the, like, public Chuck Tingle character? Like, is that the same guy who writes the books? We don't know for sure. No, I mean, you, you, I mean yeah, you, you couldn't. But, I mean, he, he obviously, like... I mean, you'd have, to, you'd have to do a lot of work to, like, create a human being that is yeah. not you. I did you read either of the the Reddit AMAs? 
No, I have not. That he and his son did maybe a couple of years ago. No, you referenced these to me, but I have not read either of them. So there are two, two AMAs from a couple of years back. One with Chuck and one with his son John, who he references all the time. Son, name of John. Yeah, um, and who, according to John, like helps him with a lot of day to day stuff, but also with a lot of, of business stuff. Yeah. Um. In that AMA with his son, his son says that he has that John. Uh, sorry, Chuck's son John says that Chuck has autism and schizophrenia. Sure, and that a lot of like his weird speech and uh, thoughts about inanimate objects being animate and a lot of that stuff is related to that. Sure. Um, and some people who don't, so who just believe that this is like fully a character and a bit yep. and that like John is also whoever is behind Chuck and like, it's just one person doing like a performance art, Andy Kaufman type thing. Sure. We're upset about that because like, come on, people actually have autism. People actually have schizophrenia. Right, like it's right. not something to make jokes and art about. Right. Um, I, after talking to him, am inclined to believe that that's accurate, that he really does have, I mean, I don't have much ex experience with schizophrenia, so I'm less in, less able to speak to that. I have a lot of experience with people with autism, and he very much came across to me like someone with autism. Sure. Like, if I had spoken to him for, for half an hour, and then afterwards you said, that guy has autism, I would have said, Yes, he does. Sure. <laughs> like that, that, that's not at all surprising to me. Sure. Um, he had other people with him who were keeping his schedule for him. Yep. Keeping track of stuff for him. Um, after the interview, his manager asked him how to go, and he said, Great, I got to talk about the butt files. <laughs> I love that show. And like, still, like, if, if it's a bit and a character, he was a hundred percent in it the whole time. Yep. His team who was with him was a hundred percent in it. Like he said stuff that caught them off guard and they were like, uh, yeah. Okay. Chuck. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like they were telling him, you know what he had next and they were going to go back to the hotel first. Yeah. And he was like, Oh great. I can't wait to see my luggage. Awesome. <laughs> I his, love that so much. God, I know that feeling. And his manager was just like, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to open it up, look at it, and close it again. <laughs> and Sweet. Like, yeah. And like a lot of stuff where it's like, that's a weird thing to say. And like you caught people off guard, but also like, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, totally. And I just, I, he struck me as like a very smart, um, very funny dude in his probably late 40s who probably has autism. Yeah. And, and it's super it, sweet. And his son also says in this AMA uh, that specifically the like wanting to be or thinking of inanimate objects as animate objects yeah. is like a specific is specific to his schizophrenia and like something that's been a problem in the past and now like is managed but is still part of his thinking and like sure. now he's turned it into like this funny silly thing but like maybe as a way of processing. Yeah. Um Yeah, I I'm trying to find some of the actual quotes from his from his kid, but um 
Well, one of the questions was, uh, what's it like to read and edit erotic fiction written by your father? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he said, what it really comes down to is I'm helping him do something that he loves and self-publishing has completely turned his world around. There were a few dark, very dark years there and now he's happier than I've seen him in a long time. Awesome. So, and like, I, I totally got that vibe from Chuck too, like in that, the last minute or two that where he's talking about like, I just started writing these silly books. I don't really think people would read them and like, yeah. look at me now, basically like yeah. people are waiting to see me speak at conventions and he's, we're having to turn people away. Right. He said there's like not a, literally not enough chairs. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like it all, it all checks out and it would be a lot of work for like, I don't really know what reason to right. keep this all up as like fully a bit or fully a character. Right. Right, especially because at some point, like, you know, you poke a hole in it and then what, kind of, you know, like, then what's your next step if you if you work so hard to create this flawless entity, essentially, and if, if it ever breaks down, it's it's sort of the end of everything that you've built. Like, I feel like that's so much riskier and so much less... Uh, tenable it's also for me it's significantly less interesting i know that there is speculation around that it's less interesting if it is a character yes yeah it's significantly less interesting to me if it's just someone who created this entire thing it's significantly more interesting to me if chuck is this real guy who is just writing books that he finds fun funny sweet you know whatever that um, that people caught his energy and caught his wave and are like, this guy gets it. Like, this guy's funny. This guy's interesting. This guy's engaging. This guy's smart. This guy has a great, like, outlook on the universe. Yeah. And people are like, fuck yeah, I want to rock with that. And he's like, cool, this has been really cool for me to, like, you know, have this outlet and then people connect with it. And, like, that's the other thing, too, about, you know, we keep referencing it, but that last 90 seconds of it, the level of authenticity around his sort of, like, um, his cherishing of being here and his level of authenticity around wanting to spread love and prove love is real. That whole trope mm-hmm. of his is a really fun, beautiful sort of, I don't know, uh, core belief, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, all of that to me is so much more interesting if that is just coming out of an, an organic human instead of, and I mean, it is right. Like we right. heard him, say all right we've read his stuff like it is right he does it with uh in a very silly funny funny way but even that feels pretty genuine to me like that feels like probably his goofy ass sense of humor and like who he is as a dude because of his experiences and whatever right um i found the actual quote from uh son name of john yes To answer the first question that I always get, yes, my father is very real. He's an autistic savant, but also suffers from schizophrenia. To make it very clear, my father is one of the gentlest, sweetest people you could ever meet and is not at all dangerous, although he does have a history of self-harm. To answer the next question, yes, he is aware of the humor in his titles, although he would never just come right out and say it. He has a hard time understanding many things, but I would not let him be the butt of some worldwide joke if I didn't have faith that he was in on it. Word. Either way, writing and self-publishing brings him a lot of joy. That's awesome. 
I fucking love that, man. That's so rad. Yeah. What a fucking awesome story. I fucking love this dude. I really fucking love this dude. And I'm so like, I've like, I'm not putting on like, Oh, I'm so honored that we got an interview. I'm really fucking honored that a guy like that who doesn't really do interviews was willing to like talk about the void and his views on the fucking multiverse and the universe and mm-hmm. the Dingleverse, like for 30 minutes. Like that's fucking super rad. It was great too, because he, he was not at all trying to end the interview. Like he was, he was mid deep dive on the X-Files and his manager came over to me and gave me the like five more minutes sign. Yeah. And Chuck would have like, he would have given us five hours. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> um, yeah, we could probably hit him up again sometime. If, I'm he, sure. if he enjoyed himself, as you said, he did. I I think it would be absolutely fun to have him back on if, yeah. if his people would be willing. Chuck, if you're out there, we, well, I mean, we have we have his info. Chuck, you can just say to. Can you hear me, Chuck? <laughs> like we have his phone number, bro. I'm <laughs> yelling into the void, Chuck. <laughs> yeah. No, you I don't want to uh, go with the void. He answered that question. That's true. It's true. No nope. apartments in the void, everybody. <laughs> Stay out. Thank you, Kelly, for that brilliant question that got an even more brilliant response. Totally. Well, I think that's something you probably wouldn't want to do, but <laughs> just get a, a a real but spooky place. Yeah, exactly. So good. Uh, um, we hope y'all enjoyed it. We hope you all had fun. Um, let us know what you thought. Uh, you can always do that by calling and leaving us a voicemail at 612-246-4614. You can send us an email at hi at whatifpodcast.com. You can write us a fucking letter. You can write us a fucking us. letter at P.O. Box. Uh, uh, hold on. Hold on. It's in my notes. Get Please it. hold. P.O. Box 6554. Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55406. A big thanks to Dr. Chuck Tingle and his whole camp for uh, for helping make this episode possible. Uh, again, we hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, if you want to get more uh, content from us, again, we're like five away from 300 of y'all supporting the show. We love you for it. We can't thank you enough. That's at patreon.com slash whatifpodcast. Shop.whatifpodcast.com has all of our shirts. We got robot grandma shit on there. We got posters yeah. and coffee mugs mugs is shit uh leave us an itunes review like maybe chuck jingle did last week or like someone who is impersonating him which is still funny to us uh but that's the most recent one it was great uh follow us join the facebook group uh we'll see you next week we love you bye